G'day. Welcome to God's Word Today's World, applying scripture to modern life. My name is Dan Van Werkhoven. I'm an Aussie writer and pastor living with my wife on a tiny island called Saipan. Join me today as I dig into scripture and explore how God's Word can still be applied to our lives thousands of years later. Hey, you're listening to episode 28 of the God's Word Today's World podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at how Paul and Silas suffered for the sake of the gospel. But then after they suffered, then was when they defended the gospel. And that seems a bit backwards. Why wouldn't you defend first and hope to avoid suffering? But through this situation, the gospel was brought to someone who might otherwise never have heard it. And he and his entire family put their faith in Jesus, all because Paul and Silas were willing to suffer for the gospel. If you want access to the show notes and the full transcript, you can find those over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen and look for episode 28 on the list. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on iTunes and sharing with a friend. But without further ado, let's dig in. Last week in episode 27 of the God's Word Today's World podcast, we had a look at how Paul and Barnabas were both being led on different journeys by God, but they got a detail wrong and thought they needed to do that journey together. As a result, they had an argument, one so bad that they parted ways in anger. Instead of taking a step back and praying together, seeking to work out what God was calling each of them to do individually, it appears they relied on their own understanding, and that didn't go so well, because they were both right, mostly. I encouraged us that when we find ourselves in dispute with another Christian who believes they're also right, rather than trying to just argue our point, take the time instead to pray Pray for all to have wisdom and that God would reveal his will to each of us. Pray for humility. This week, we're looking at the incredible pain Paul and Barnabas suffered, all so that God could bring the gospel to a hardened Roman jailer. Our passage today is Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through to 40 in the NIV. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas, 
and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer went, sorry, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and they threw us into prison. And now, do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them out from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. So Paul and Silas, along with Luke and Timothy, are still in Philippi, where they met with Lydia and stayed at her house. While they're there, a slave girl possessed by a demon is following them around, yelling at them that, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, from first glance, it might seem like, cool, why not let her keep doing that? Free publicity, right? But the thing is, she was demon-possessed. And that demon, it knew exactly who God was. And they don't do anything out of an effort to have people saved. If going around yelling that what it was yelling was actually helping the gospel, was helping Paul and Silas's cause, then it would have stopped. So you can be assured that what this girl was doing was not helping the gospel. So finally, Paul turns to her and commands the demon to leave her. And it does. But then everything goes bad. The girl's masters are furious because their source of income has gone. So they grab Paul and Silas and bring them to the authorities and start making things up about Paul and Silas, claiming they're throwing the city into an uproar, saying, 
nothing about what actually happened. And the crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas, so the magistrates ordered them stripped and beaten without a trial, which is something that is illegal to be done to Roman citizens, which Paul and Silas both were. And this is where the story gets really interesting to me. And there's two things I want to focus on today. Number one, suffering for the gospel. Number two, defending the gospel. I want to look at these two things because they happen in the reverse order that we might think they should happen. Because first Paul and Silas suffered for the gospel, and then they defended it. So let's start with number one, suffering for the gospel. As Paul and Silas are before the magistrate, some commentaries say that they may have tried to say they were Roman citizens, but because of the crowd and the chaos, they weren't heard. But personally, I'm a little skeptical about that. See, they had Roman guards who knew the law and the personal danger of beating a Roman citizen without a trial. Those guards were stripping Paul and Silas of their clothes. That meant they were right up in the face of these two men. And personally, I think screaming at someone in your face that you were a Roman citizen would probably have been heard by at least one of them who might pause long enough to realize that, hey, if we flog these men, we might be in for some serious punishment ourselves. And later, when they're dragged away to jail and things have calmed down, still Luke makes no mention of them saying anything about their citizenship. Not to the guards that dragged them, not to the jailer. Surely by now they would have had a chance to, if they were still conscious. But as I read it, I see only silence from them on this point. And I don't think that was an accident. I don't think it was just something that Luke failed to mention. Because Luke was there, remember? Through this passage we see the we comment, which is... Luke's way of saying that he's there. While this happened, he was likely in the crowd. This is a first-hand account of what happened. So, I believe that Paul and Silas were silent about their citizenship, and for good reason. I believe that the Holy Spirit prompted them to remain quiet about it for now. Why? Because their being flogged and thrown into jail led directly to the jailer and his family all hearing the gospel and putting their faith in Jesus. If Paul and Silas had spoken up about their citizenship and they were heard, the flogging would have been called off. They'd never have gone to jail. They'd never have had the chance to share the gospel with that jailer. Paul and Silas suffered immensely also that one family could have salvation. And what incredible faith they would have needed to listen to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit prompted them to remain silent about their citizenship. But, even if they had spoken up and no one had heard them, they still suffered gladly for the sake of the gospel. And in jail, instead of complaining, moaning about the hardships and injustice, they were singing praises They were worshipping God. Even if they had tried to defend themselves but were ignored, they still honoured God despite the injustice. 
And soon, God made it clear to them why they had suffered that day. They suffered a physical beating, something which at worst could kill them, all so they could be in a place to witness to a jailer and his family, and in the end, see their eternal souls be saved. Paul and Silas's physical well-being was at stake in this story, but the jailer and his family, their souls were at stake. They were sadly heading to hell until that night. And that jailer came so close to being in hell because he was about to commit suicide because he knew the punishment if his prisoners escaped. He would be put to death, probably beaten and humiliated first, and he sought to avoid that part of his punishment and just end his life then and there. But Paul and Silas yelled out, stilling his hand. We're still here, they told him. Not one of the prisoners had fled, and that in itself is a miracle, because a bunch of criminals had stayed in their cells despite the doors being opened and the shackles falling off. And the jailer knew full well that this was impossible. These people would not have stayed if they had the chance to leave under normal circumstances, but they had stayed. And that, amongst everything else, amazed the jailer, who rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And the first words out of his mouth? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they told him. And when they shared the gospel also with his household, they too believed and all were baptized. And so because of the pain Paul and Silas went through and their desire to honor God, One day, we'll get to meet that jailer and his family in paradise. And that, I think, is just so amazing. Now that the jailer and his family were saved, now Paul and Silas defend the gospel. Which is number two, defending the gospel. The following day, when the officers came to release Paul and Silas, Paul tells them, We're Roman citizens, and yesterday they beat us publicly without a trial. This isn't going away without them coming and settling this matter. The question here now, though, is why did Paul bother defending themselves here? I mean, they weren't going to be unflogged, and the jailer had been saved, so you could say that just being humble and walking away would have been the right thing to do. Why would Paul make a fuss and demand the magistrates themselves come and escort them out of prison? Seems perhaps a bit petty? I mean, I think all of us would want that kind of vindication of being proven right, because, I mean, they were beaten. If you were beaten publicly, you would kind of want to be proven that you were innocent. But when you really look at it, what is the point of doing that? What does it actually achieve? The question here is, did Paul have a greater goal than just personal satisfaction and vindication? Yes, he did. See, Paul wasn't just motivated by defending himself here. His real motivation was to defend the gospel to show the people in Philippi that the gospel is above the law. 
It's not some shameful thing that gets you flogged and thrown in jail here. And by making a public fuss about this, he received a formal apology from the magistrates who realized how much hot water they were actually in. And in doing so, the gospel was validated. Paul and Silas didn't slink out of the city in silence. They didn't just get flogged and disappear after that, leaving people to assume that they were wrong and maybe this whole Christianity thing is a bit shady. No, they received a public apology for what happened, and the gospel received a mark of authenticity. It wasn't just some teaching from a random person who got flogged and thrown in prison. It was taught by men who unjustly suffered for what they taught. They were completely innocent, and they still suffered. And then they were publicly apologized to. And more importantly... They showed grace after that. Paul and Silas could have continued to force the matter and gotten the magistrates in major trouble with Rome for not first checking Paul and Silas's citizenship before ordering them to be flogged without trial. But Paul and Silas didn't do that. They actually did what the magistrates requested, further solidifying that they were upright, honorable people who followed the law of the land, exactly as Paul teaches us to do in Romans 13. Through this, Paul proved his innocence, and more importantly, the innocence of the gospel. But it didn't just end there, because then Paul and Silas showed grace and forgiveness. They understood that the magistrates were in charge of keeping the peace and that they acted out of fear and just trying to calm an out-of-control crowd. If Paul and Silas had kept silent here, the magistrates would never have known that they broke the law and did something seriously wrong. But because Paul spoke up, he was then able to show them grace by not pressing charges, another aspect of the gospel, grace. And what an incredible picture of humility that would have been to the magistrates. All the way to the jail, they would have been panicking over the situation and trying to work out how they could make Paul and Silas happy. But Paul and Silas didn't raise a fuss. They were escorted out, and then after a last visit to Lydia and the believers, they depart from the city. Their actions defended the gospel, proved its legitimacy, and that they'd done nothing wrong, and indeed they were treated poorly. But despite the horrible punishment they received and the fact that they could have taken it to Caesar, they didn't. They showed grace to those magistrates and actually helped them keep the peace by leaving the city. So to sum up, 1. Sometimes the reason we face trials and suffering is so we can be in a place to help others. If Paul and Silas hadn't been flogged, they'd never have been able to talk to that jailer. So when we face tough situations in life, be mindful of the opportunities that can also come with those situations. 2. Sometimes it's okay to show people that we did the right thing and were treated unjustly but not so that we can rub it in their faces and make ourselves feel better, but rather so that we can show that injustice happened 
And that then can be an opportunity to be gracious, not for our sake, but for the sake of the gospel. Paul and Silas cared more about the gospel than they did their own safety. Their actions showed they did desire for the gospel to be presented well and show respect for authority. But before they did that, they allowed themselves to suffer and were given the opportunity to share the gospel with the jailer and his family, all of whom put their faith in Christ. Neither of these situations are about getting what we want. They're about pointing people to the gospel, to Jesus. So my challenge this week is that we embrace trials in our lives as a chance to share the gospel with others through our actions and our words. In all situations, be gracious, kind, and show love. In all situations, be honoring God, even in the darkest, hardest moments. Because we never know who is watching. We never know when our actions and words will impact those around us. So let's ensure that we're always being good witnesses, not just when life is easy, but also when life is hard, impossibly hard. Thank you for joining me today on God's Word Today's World. If you'd like to view the show notes or leave a comment, you can find the complete list of all podcast episodes over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen. Hope to see you next week. Now go apply God's word to your life.